Today is Tuesday, April 4th. The title for our devotional is Free in Christ. Yesterday we launched our week talking about our self-righteousness and legalism as an a la carte item that we like to order off the menu of Christianity and leave the grace of God on the menu. We ultimately, although we would never say it this way, we do this because we want to be the ones in control. We want to control our own fate. We want to be the captains of our soul, as William Ernest Henley said in his poem, Invictus. This tractor beam drawing us towards self-righteousness and legalism in the human condition was, I would say, the primary threat to the gospel communities in the early church. This is evidenced by the amount of ink that the Apostle Paul and the other apostles spent on combating this self-righteousness and return to Judaism. This concept of grace in the gospel was so vastly different from both the Judaism of the day and the pagan worship practices of the secular culture as well. Both thought that they could control, to a degree, God's approval and blessing by their righteous behavior. Albeit, the behaviors in Judaism and pagan practices were very different behaviors. The Church of Galatia was being influenced by a group that wanted new converts of Christianity to be subject to the law of Moses. Ultimately, the problem is that they would be trusting not in the grace of God and their faith in Christ for their salvation, but their personal ability to uphold the righteous standards of the law. This trust in the law of Moses would have been represented by circumcision. Circumcision in the first century was very different than our health health practices of today. It was the sign of being a part of God's chosen people. It carried great religious significance. When a man was converted to uh, Judaism from any other worldview or religion, he would first be circumcised as a sign that he was entering into the Jewish faith. So let's read with that background, Galatians 5, 1 through 15. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You're running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go all the way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour in each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Those are strong words from the Apostle Paul. And his tone here, of course, we can't, we can't hear his tone through the written word, unfortunately, but it seems to be quite amped up because Paul sees the catastrophic potential of this way of thinking. The tractor beam of self-righteousness was already drawing people in this new community of Christ, and it needed to be rebuked quickly and forcefully. Paul understands the latent seductive power of self-righteousness, as we'll see tomorrow from his story. 
Yet he also understands the impossible burden that it is, and subsequently the great freedom in the grace of Jesus Christ and the gospel that he has experienced. You may be thinking, now why are we talking about this? This isn't the real problem. The real problem in the church is antinomianism, immorality, not obeying Christ. That is a problem, I agree, and we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But I think this is a more sinister, corrosive problem in the church as it was in the first century. It still is today. It is sinister in its subtleties, as we talked yesterday. We think we are doing what God wants, but if our hearts are not in the right place, it is still sin. And this is much more difficult for us to uncover. For reflection, have you put a burden on yourself of following rules that Jesus and the scripture have never placed on us? Have you truly accepted the grace of God and salvation, or are you trying to still earn his favor in some way by being more moral? Are you holding others up to these unbiblical high standards that you yourself can't even live up to? Have these standards become a barrier for you to love others in the church or in your family?